0: Your shelf for mine. Talking sophisticated topics all the time.
1: I'm Becky Standall, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library.
0: And I'm Elizabeth Partridge, the Adult Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library.
1: All right. Well, what am I doing? Today is such a nice day. Uh, I did some some professional reading outside for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then it was like too hot, so I had to come back inside. Wow. Yeah. Did you go outside?
0: Um, only, today was my library day, so only so far to go from my car to the library and then the library to my car. But, um, when Axel's school day is done, we are going to go for a nice long walk. Nice. Yeah. He got his, so here, uh, in Longview, the school district has started offering the kids classes online. That started yesterday. So they gave them a suggested calendar and how they're supposed to um, do specific tasks for specific numbers of minutes a day. And then they add that into their regular, already scheduled programming. And so his day has gotten a little bit easier than it was when I was in control of his schedule. So, So he's outside playing right now. It's on recess. It's on recess. And then he has to write a letter to his teachers and then... We'll go for a walk. Sounds nice. Yeah, it is. So the library was fun today. We had some traffic in there of people doing some work and I sorted out because on Saturday we're doing a webinar for finding small business resources at on the online library so we did a practice run for that while we were at the library and it was funny because i was hooked into the library's wi-fi and it kept not the public one but the one you actually have to sign into and it kept going in and out and in and out and then i plugged into the public one and it didn't have any problems at all so that was nice nice you're hosting the webinar i'm doing half of it yeah okay So SCORE has, we've done this one in the past live where I actually just go to the class and present the information about what's online Mm -hmm. online and available. Um, So we just took that existing PowerPoint that I have done in the past and adapted it to an online-only environment, which is great because I can show them a live search on different databases rather than, you know, here's a picture of what your screen's going to look like. So it'll be good. Yeah, and you've got, like,
1: people have to pre-register for that. Correct, yeah, and they will have already registered by now it will be already over by the time this is posted
0: <laughs> Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah but there's another one in may that people can sign up for so they just need to look for it online on our website on mm-hmm, yeah, Both. It'll be on both when it's ready to go. Yeah. We might actually be able to do a, a third one because we missed one during all of this transition and it was about taxes. And now that they've extended the deadline for taxes, um, we might be able to squeeze that one in. Yeah. Although although business taxes and personal taxes are different, everything has been extended. So that's
1: good. Right. It's
0: past quarterlies, but I don't know what they're doing, obviously. Yeah. It's a confusing time. It is a confusing time. I went to the
1: grocery store were today. And I
0: took one of Christy's masks that she mm. left at the library. for everybody. So I had a mask with me and I was kind of surprised. And obviously everybody's doing things differently, but I was a little bit surprised at how many people had kids there at the grocery store. Yeah. You know, like multiple adults with kids. And I was like, wow, I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah. I noticed that when I was out at the grocery store last week, it was like, they take the the whole family shopping. Yeah. And it's like, like don't do not do that. Yeah. That's not well, what I, you're supposed to be doing. kind of defeats the purpose of a stay-home order. Yeah. And if you do <laughs> but, have to, like, leave the house, then just send one adult inside and everyone else can wait in the car. Yeah, or go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly. It's uh, – I was a little uh, – I guess, I guess, you know, I wore my mask because I didn't feel like um, making other people uncomfortable and because I don't feel ill, but I could very well be carrying something and not know it. And I would feel bad if I got somebody sick. So, but I guess other people just assume that if they don't feel like they have it, that they don't have it and they can breathe on anyone. Oh my gosh, somebody got very upset. So, you know how, when you are trying to stay away from other people in the grocery store, You kind of wait your turn to get into closed spaces. So, like, the egg section at the Winko, you know, the eggs are a high commodity, a, a hot commodity right now. So this older guy was getting himself some eggs, but all of the egg doors are right next to each other. So this other guy was waiting his turn. And then I was behind that guy waiting my turn to get into the egg section. And this couple, you know, just wandered up right behind the old guy and went right in there and got his egg and didn't even, didn't even acknowledge that other people were lined up waiting to get in there. He just went right in and get got right into that guy's space. And was like, wow, is it just me? Or are, are people just that unaware of things? yeah but the guy who was waiting in front of me was not happy oh my gosh he was perturbed and uh i'm surprised that egg door managed to live through that
1: <laughs> do you say something to the people who got on the old guy's face
0: no and the old guy he was he was being real slow because he was you know Doing old guy timing, but uh, a couple, and it was so strange because they just, you know, just meandered right through this line of people waiting to get to the eggs and just wandered up to where the old guy was in the egg door, got in, opened the door right next to him, got the eggs that they wanted, and then stood there looking at the eggs. You know, so not only were they being rude by cutting into everybody in line, but then just standing there in the way, not, not even just oblivious to all the people behind them that were, you know, trying to be polite to each other
1: yeah so that happened to me like right right after right after the stay at home order i like went to home depot to like grab some stuff real quick and it was real busy and i wasn't expecting it to be there's like people just casually shopping like it was any other day Uh, (laughs) i was waiting in line to check out and they had all like I'm sure it's much better now. This was, like, a month ago. But they had everyone, like, spaced out and stuff. And so I was, like, waiting with, like, this big gap of space between, like, uh-huh. me and, like, the next thing. That line was supposed to be, like, now when something clears, then the person that line goes to uh-huh. whatever is open next. But this guy just totally caught in front of me and stood, like, right behind these people in line. And then, like, just went. And I was like, uh, there's a socially distanced line happening here. Right. It's not like I'm standing here for fun. Right, exactly. Or the person behind me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's funny because you know I like to break rules probably more than most people. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you know, and but I'm I'm trying to be very conscientious of other people because just because I don't feel like I'm in any danger doesn't mean I want anyone else to accidentally put me in danger or or maybe I am carrying something that I don't know that I'm carrying and so I don't want to put someone else in danger. So I think it's you know less about uh, being rebellious and more about being conscientious
1: yeah and then people are just really scared and i think exactly just and to minimize other people's stress you just follow the rules exactly and and how how does it even hurt you to
0: do that yeah to just wait it, a minute for some eggs. exactly and and you know so we did the obligatory shake in our heads <laughs> well we were shaking our heads like in, for shame for shame yeah <laughs> but that guy was i mean he just he really got perturbed and he was very aggressive in his actions to get his egg. And those people just were still in the way and he just barged right in. I mean, he let go of all of his, his, I'm, I'm being aware of my surroundings and keeping my distance. And he was like, forget it. I want these eggs and these people aren't getting out of the way and they cut right in front of me. So he was just angry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow's my day to go to the, to the library and I'm going to go get the mail as well. Which I guess hasn't okay. been done for like three weeks oh, or something, should, so. Yeah, I should take a box. Take a friend's bag. I was gonna go there on my way. I do, yeah. yeah, I'll take a bag. They might just <laughs> send me a box though. <laughs> they might, they might have, they might have everything
0: in a box. You never know.
1: Yeah, you know, they have those like post office boxes.
0: Mm-hmm. Not like a post office box.
1: But like the yes, one we have I, at work. <laughs>
0: I understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: funny <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i've been mostly working on especially this week i've really been working on summer reading orders for new books to mm. read into the library and we're still gonna do the read into the collection part of the prizes but online so we won't have i mean <laughs> unless there's like a cure mm-hmm. we won't be having like a a book wall mural thing in the library this year we'll have it online so they'll be able to pick their books that way i'm using a website called padlet and it'll have links to a catalog of all of the titles and the different categories so like board books and then um when someone gets the read to prize you send them like a the link to the padlet and they can um look at them and just put like their name on the book that they want they can like leave a comment i'm just gonna assume it's gonna be fine <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be great. So, guess what? Have you looked on our Instagram in the last hour?
0: I haven't looked on Instagram in the last hour.
1: Jennifer and I are doing a stealth Instagram show tomorrow, Uh and we're going to see how it goes. It's like our trial run, so we're not advertising it widely. The BSJK Pop Culture Salon, talking about (laughs) the Instagram Live, Friday Uh at 4 o'clock.
0: Friday at 4 o'clock.
1: Tune in. Um, Jacob finished that She's Your Own Adventure today. I know. Axel
0: voted to start a new book Good. because his choices were go back and do the one that they decided not to do or start a new book. And so Axel decided he wanted to start a new book.
1: Was he happy with the way it ended? Yeah, he
0: was He was disappointed that it was over, though. He was a little sad.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty you so long. Exactly, and nobody died. That was amazing. Yeah, because like sometimes it's like the second chapter, or the third chapter well, is like the end. Do you remember
0: that that Chinese
1: dragon one I did last year? Yeah, I didn't you live through anything. It out. I just died he has, every. Time. I think he has that one. Maybe he could do that one. The he could survive Chinese there. dragon one. No, yeah. <laughs> um, we have some like Dungeons and Dragons ones that I think are pretty hard to, um, mm. hard to survive.
0: Mm.
1: He'd probably really <laughs> like those. Probably I'm write that down. And then Daniel's painting class is done mm-hmm. live
0: on our, yeah, YouTube, I, our new YouTube. I was suggesting to Daniel that maybe we should take one of his paintings and make it into a paint by number painting and mm-hmm. distribute it so people could paint on their on their own at their leisure.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if I have anything else to say. Summer reading. We're still doing story time. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And yeah. Uh-huh. Do you want to talk about our books for this week? Sure. Um, Yes, because I
0: actually had to switch the book that I wanted to do. I didn't have to switch it. I chose to switch it because Mm -hmm. turns out I didn't want to do that book after all. So
1: (laughs) I didn't didn't finish my book. Mm.
0: Ah. I finished mine, but it was a super fast one. So
1: I'm like halfway through. I've read enough I can talk about it. Perfect. Mine is uh, called
0: 33 Teeth. 33
1: Teeth. Is that a scary book? Did I'm pulling it to... up right now. Nope, 33. <laughs>
0: 33. And <sighs> so this, mine is called 33 Teeth, and it was by uh, Colin Cotterill. Colin and Cotterill. And it is very similar. To, did you read any of the Hamish Macbeth book? No. Okay, so that was M.C. Beaton. Right, so mm-hmm. These are very similar in feel to those Hamish effect, where you've got a kind of a cozy. Yeah, kind of a cozy. So, but these are set in 1977 um, in Laos after the Vietnam War, and it's um, the main character is Doctor Siri Pieboun. And he is Laotian, and he is the national coroner, and he is a little bit psychic, and uh, he can talk to spirit. So he's in his 70s, and he's lived through the war, and he is now so part of the Communist Party. What?
1: So he's in his 70s, and it takes place in the 70s? Correct. Okay. And he
0: is an old guy and he's the national Corps coroner and so it's kind of funny it's kind of like Poirot-ish mm-hmm. and but he's a um, coroner not a um, private investigator but he gets called into these mysteries and then he needs to solve the mysteries and then it it involves him having psychic episodes with spirits and other world things guiding him to the answers he's looking for um, but it was so funny because it 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 feels like a cozy but it's set in hot humid Vientiane laos mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're all hot and sweaty they can't cool off and in the 70s no less so they don't even have really good air conditioning yeah. it was pretty good it was and this is number two book number two but these are are very similar to the hamish Macbeth ones where you might miss a little bit of history but you're not actually going to lose anything in the story because every story is different
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm not going to give away what happens but the it's actually a really fun story i listened to it it was uh there were times when i actually laughed out loud because of some of the Um, situations he found himself in. (laughs) It was pretty good. Um, So what's The mystery so something is killing people and it doesn't seem like it's a person it seems like it's a beast that is doing Mm -hmm. the killing and so they because since he's a coroner he is trying to find out you know by based on the wounds of the victims he's doing the forensic investigation to determine is that a person's bite or is that an animal bite uh and the 33 teeth is about how many teeth are showing up in the wounds. Oh. You know what this makes me think
1: of? is I, zombie. Do you ever really? watch that show? Oh, no. Like, this show's based on the comics, and I haven't read the comics, but I've heard it's pretty different. But this show is, like, the main character is this young woman who, she, like, got bit or something, and so now, so she turned into a zombie. And now she works, she's, like, a coroner's assistant. Um, okay. And she can, like take on, like, the memories and kind of personality of the people whose brains she eats. So... She eats the brains of the people in the morgue to solve like the the mysteries of their deaths. <laughs> wow, <That's laughs> It's a pretty good show. Yeah, and the guy uh, yeah, she worked like a, a an alive person, and um. So, but and he has to deal with her like taking on these different personality traits and being like like the person whose brains uh, she ate while also trying to help her. Yeah, that's a good show. So, anyways, yeah. see, I can see how like parts of it make me think of this show. Because then, does he also solve the mysteries? Because he can talk to spirits, do eh? Um Well, the spirits definitely do
0: play a role in guiding him. Um, and, but he has a an assistant that helped him in this story. And she's quite bright. And she also helps him. So it's kind of like a Sherlock Holmes relationship. He can get insights into the next clue through the spirit world. But he gets insight from real-life clues from his assistant.
1: Anyways, do you well, want to hear about and, my book?
0: Oh, yeah. Let's hear about your book.
1: <laughs> the book that I read is called A Thousand Sisters, The Heroic Airwomen of the Soviet Union in World War II. And, uh, like I said before, I haven't finished it. So I'm, like, halfway through. It's by Elizabeth Wine, who wrote Codename Verity. Did you read that? No, but I know about it. It's so good and everyone should read it. It's fantastic. Um, this book is nonfiction. So actually, let me tell you, if you are still looking for other things to read for the reading challenge, this book would fit in YA nonfiction book and also a book about pioneering women. There you go. As well as the book with the number and the title. There are no horses on the cover. But there yeah. are some your horse power. <laughs> Anyway, so it's pretty interesting. Um, So this author, so Code Name Verity, which you should read, um, Mm. is about um, two young women who are friends, and they both work um, for the Air Transport Auxiliary. Um, I think that's what the acronym stands for, ATA, for the um, British government during World War II. And so that they were pilot um who um like women aviators weren't allowed in anywhere in the world except for in, in Russia, in the Soviet Union, to be in combat, um, but they did have programs for them to do, like transporting the airplanes to the front line, and doing maintenance on them, and all this other stuff. And so that's what those girls in that book do. And since she wrote that book, she's also written some other books um, in a similar time period, it take place different places um, uh, about women aviators. And then she wrote This nonfiction one, so she's like really into that specific topic in the Soviet Union. So this this book is a really good young reader nonfiction because it gives, like, a lot of Mm context, like the time period and also cultural context for the setting that it's in without being too um, super depressing, Mm -hmm. um, but in a way that lets you know that it wasn't like... Like, the Soviet Union wasn't really, like, a hunky-dory place to live either. Mm -hmm. But it talks about how... um, after the revolution, when they set up the new government, one of the um, objectives of the government was gender equality. And mm-hmm. so when they set up their public system, they they made it so that like girls and boys were taught the same uh-huh. and that was way before that happened anywhere else okay um, and so the young women who like were, were born you know like 1917 1918 1919 grew up and they're like the first generation to grow up with like the same educational opportunities as the boys mm-hmm. were right and the uh, flying was like a really popular past like a pastime and like a- pretty much anyone in the Soviet Union who was in interested in pursuing that, like, had an opportunity to, um, if they were a member of, like, the Communist Party, because they had, like, different flying clubs and stuff. So a lot of, a lot of, like, teenage girls were, like, really accomplished, um, aviators by the time the Second World War, like, rolled around. So, that's kind of one of the reasons that they were able to fly like in combat in war and be like successful at it, I guess. Okay. Uh, so this book talks about like all of that contact and, and then it also like about specific women. Um, and then also like there's three, three units or whatever. And so it talks about them and these different stories of their missions and their flying and like lots of details about like airplanes. So it's pretty interesting. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I think the most interesting are like the people who had to fly out at nighttime mm-hmm. um cuz they didn't have like, like radar back then mm-hmm. and the the planes that they were flying at night were just like biplanes. So they didn't even oh. have like radios inside of them. So they're just flying out there in the middle of the night with their like bombs and flying blind because it's dark and they can't see anything and they don't have any like radio communication. And these are like 20 year old women. Wow. Doing that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I, um, I find those, those histories of women and the struggle to find your place in a place where traditionally you have haven't been allowed are great stories, and it what's super interesting to me is that these women aren't that much older than people today. It's not like they're hundreds of years ago. This happened. It was forty years ago that this happened, or fifty years ago that this happened, and not even a whole generation has gone by when all of these women were struggling for for a place for all women. And and I think that we forget how little time has actually passed, um, and how how mu- how very different. Our existence is because of the fights these women had for us. So
1: Yeah, this talks about, so, like, even though, like, they were trained to fly and there's, like, you know, the teachers who taught at these flight schools were women and they were really accomplished and some of, like, the most famous, like, pilots and stuff in the Soviet Union were women. um, When it came time to fight and this generation had also grown up with all this propaganda that, like, preparing for their future war and that they would be sacrificing for their country. When the time came, the Soviet Union still didn't have any like mechanism in place for women to be in Mm -hmm. um, like the front lines of the military. Mm -hmm. So they did like problems. um, And there was this like little sidebar story about uniforms. Mm -hmm. And so like, cause when they, when they finally convinced them that they, that the, these women, they weren't just gonna, you know, be repairing the planes and like staying at home or whatever that they were going to like fly into combat they didn't have like uniforms for them to wear or boots and they so they all had to wear like the men's uniforms and they weren't allowed for a while to alter them at all either Uh um and men's shoes that didn't fit them and in the in the like little sidebar said um it took like, three years into the war for them to let them, like, make their own combat boots. Hmm, Isn't that crazy? But in the U.K. and the United States, it wasn't until, like, within the last decade right? they issued their own, like, women's combat boots. Yeah. It was, like, 2015. or something when they made it so that women could buy and wear boots (laughs) combat boots made for women um yeah and then it tells in the thing like even when the the soviet women were finally issued like women's clothing some Mm -hmm. man gave them a bunch of like heels to wear it's like i Mm. can't fly in this (laughs) so the thousand sisters refers to like so they the air army that they made of all women was a 1,000 women, and they, that was separated into three unit. I forget all the stuff I learned. But um, <laughs> all of the women who joined up for the Air Army, they were all pilots, and they wanted to fly. But, um, you know, when they started training, only, like, 50 of them actually got to be pilots. Wow. They needed the other women to, like, navigate and to be, like, gunners and, mm-hmm. um, you know, do all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so it got like pretty competitive, like, but as the war went on, um, they had to have like men join their army also. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and she kind of, I'm kind of just getting into that part of the story where it's like they get their first, um, commander who's a man and, um, you know, they, they recruited some men from different parts to be, um, gunners for these new airplanes that they got because they needed, like, a lot of upper body strength to run them. Wow. But they had to be, like, you know, under the command of, like, the the women who were pilots and navigators mm-hmm. on their little plane teams. Um, but she also runs into, like, just, um, like, places in where there's just not, she doesn't have the information about, like, what their attitudes were and their stories were. Because so much of what came out of the Soviet Union was really just filtered through propaganda and filter
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds like a really good story. I think that it's pretty fantastic. You do hear about in the history of the Soviet Union that with all of the concept of equality and every person being equal, you do hear a lot more of the stories of women being afforded the opportunity to to engage in places that women weren't allowed in other countries in the world. So Mm -hmm. it's we don't know the full story because it was part of the Soviet Union. So we'll probably Never know the full story. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see how that uh, egalitarian kind of communist attitude even applied to gender norms.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think, like, like a positive story that comes out of the Soviet Union, too. And I, it's just kind of nice to hear. Because I think most of the stuff that you, like, read about it is just like, oh, and then all these people were murdered. Um, and they just found them. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. five million. When I was
0: started, exactly one of my fascinations when I was a teenager was to read about um, uh gulags. I was fascinated by gulags that that you could have so many people just disappear to these Siberian work camps for little to no transgression. It's like wow. That's amazing to me. I'm still fascinated by them, but I used to read anything I could get my hands on about gulags.
1: Yeah. Did you read, um, did you read Between Shades of Grey?
0: I don't, I don't recognize that title.
1: I'm going to look it up right now. That's, it's a, it's a historical novel. It's young adult, um, about mm. a girl who is, um, where's she from?
0: Mm, she is Lithuanian.
1: She's from yeah. So she's Lithuanian. She um her her parents were like academics or something. So they were disappeared, where her father was, and then um uh they were sent to Siberia to die basically um in a work camp. But the author who that was her first book that she wrote, and she based it on her family history that she didn't know about until she was like an adult because after her family like escaped. The Soviet Union and came to the United States. They didn't talk about it. It's really sad, but good. This book also makes me think of, uh, this book by MT Anderson that I read about the siege, um, siege of Leningrad and Mm -hmm. this composer whose name I can't remember. Um, and that book was just like, I'm just like, Stalin, what are you thinking, man? Yeah. I don't know. The way he just murdered. Everyone who is competent, cause they might mm-hmm. be a threat to him.
0: Yeah. Is just, have you, like,
1: have you ever it, seen the movie?
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Burnt by the Sun? It's a Russian movie. No. So that is about the purges of Stalin, and it covers one family, um, specifically, and it shows, uh, the length to which, um, Stalin had people killed and, uh, removed, and then it shows, it's a, it's a really good movie. I, uh, when I was studying Russian, it was one of the movies that the instructor showed to the class and it stayed with me forever. It's, it's, uh, it is obviously a movie, but it's based very mm-hmm. specifically on, on actions that Stalin took against his own people and it's just incredible. It's a really good Really good movie.
1: I wrote that down. It's yeah. Burnt by and the it's Sun. Burnt
0: by the Sun. And it's in Russian. And so, just read the subtitle. I'll look that
1: up and see if there's a way I could watch it. The it's, book I was talking about, um, Symphony for the City of the Dead, uh, Dmitry Shoshkatovich and the Siege of Leningrad by MT Anderson.
0: So, uh, that sounds really good. The Burnt by the Sun actually won the, uh, foreign language film in the 1995 Oscars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it it shows up on Voodoo,
1: Prime, YouTube, and Google Play. I wonder if it's on Canopy. No, I don't have access to Canopy. My do with my Fort Vancouver library card. I'm looking for you right now as I am here.
0: I don't see it in Canopy, but a just got here so
1: yeah, I don't see it either
0: yeah but it's a very good movie and it's very it, it fits very nicely into your Soviet theme right now so
1: right yeah
0: so um I would say I enjoyed my book it was a nice um, quick little uh, cozy mystery set in hot tropical Asian countries <laughs> <laughs> With lots of mystical things and Asian mysticism and, and forensic science. So there you go. <laughs> what an interesting, yeah, it was, it's really, I mean, it really did have that whole, um, Hamish Macbeth and um uh Agatha Christie thing going on where you where you had and 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 the Sherlock Holmes things where you have the the dynamic between the the lead investigator and then the secondary investigator and and the relationship between the two but then you've also got you know the the side story about the the mystical creatures visiting in the middle of the night and and um kind of that Asian historical um mythic things coming to the surface it was really good
1: it was, i liked it very yeah that sounds good yeah
0: and and it was fast which it, which was something that was nice too because it wasn't one of those books where you're, you're bogged down in in description forever so it was it was uh fun and
1: entertaining and i recommend yeah. this book if you're interested in soviet history or the history of aviation um and I will definitely finish it. Could it also has like sometimes when you read I don't know it has like a, a lot of uh, source notes and stuff in it too, which which I like. How many pages of notes is this? It's like uh, sixty pages of notes at the end. Yeah, so you know she did her work. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I like sometimes when you read kind of those first person account stories where an author comes in and, and retells the story of a of a. Second person, and then they have all of their notes included at the end of the interactions that they actually had with the real person. And it's sometimes better to read the notes than it is <laughs> the
1: story that they. told. Yeah. And the Elizabeth uh, Wine is a very like careful researcher. Like at the end of Codename Verity, which is like it's a really character-driven story. Um, but she writes like this author's note about how how come she chose to have one of the characters have a ballpoint pen when it would be very likely. That she wouldn't like never have access to it. They had just been invented or were going to be invented in like next couple of months. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all right, lady, like, <laughs> that's a bit much. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I liked it, but I, you know, I don't know enough about ballpoint pens that I would have right.
0: noticed. You'd have to go that.
1: look it up
0: and, yeah, but it
1: wasn't historically mm-hmm. accurate for her to yeah. have the ballpoint pen in March when they didn't come out until, you know, <laughs> October. But, <laughs> But I definitely, I have noticed that in, like, other things. Did you ever watch mm-hmm. the Monuments Men movie? Oh. Well, there's this part where they play a Christmas song that definitely wasn't out at the time that the movie takes place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I,
0: Yeah, this movie is so fake, I can't even believe it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of fake, my, my go-to movie watching um recently, because Netflix has been really good about it, is... Um, watching all three Matrix, Matrix movies in a row. Wow. All the time. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I believe we'll, we're pretty plugged into the Matrix anyway. So. It's getting nice. Yeah. Somebody got out.
1: So you don't know, watch the first one, you watch all of them.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yesterday. So kids and I are trying to find different things to do that, that are fun and, and they are all three of them are pretty engaged in Animal Crossing right now because that's new to them. So so they take turns um, and then they watch each other
1: play because that's
0: exciting. <laughs> so, so then we try to figure out, okay, when are we going to do this? Not video games. And so that usually turns into movies. So last night, it's hard to find movies that are interesting and fun for everybody. and And last night I just said, heck with it. We're watching Journey to the Center of the Earth 1 and 2, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the rock oh, so we did uh the second one is with the rock yeah oh. the first one is with Brendan Fraser from George of the Jungle oh.
1: mm-hmm. I watched um what did I, I watched the jerk Last week uh-huh. which I got um a VHS copy of at the last uh, friends book sale, which I was wow. really excited to And it played, it played just fine. Definitely like the quality. I hadn't watched the VHS for a while. But I do have like the stack of VHS I had got. Um, a lot of them are Steve Martin movies, so maybe I'll do that. Every moment of the jerk is so good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you can't you can't not enjoy that. That's
1: and nice. I've forgotten how much of what I say. Uh, <laughs> The dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any original thoughts. So what do you want to do next? I get to pick, right? All right. So what are we going to do next time? Um, I think I want to do so. <laughs> okay. I'll give you two options. All right. We can do a hard sci-fi novel. Or an Edgar Award winner?
0: Oh, neither of which I have. So either one, I have to find something for both. So which one would you
1: rather do? Mm, let's do Edgar Award. Okay. Where did my pencil go? I don't know. Well, I got a new couch. I mean, this is an old couch. Uh huh.
0: Um, this is your, your like
1: reupholstered nine- couch, right? Yeah, it's like a ninety-year-old couch, but now mm-hmm. it has new cushions and new fabric and i'm obsessed with it and all i want to do is sit on my couch which is really convenient because i can that's nice <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the little things in life right yeah i was like you know couches really matter right now and <laughs> i'm glad i got this new one yes. the old couch was like like the cushions had holes in them and every day it was getting worse and worse I was like, when's my new couch going to be done? (laughs) Well, and now it's done, and just
0: in time for you to enjoy the
1: heck out of it. I know. Okay, so I picked an Edgar Award winner, and I'm doing a children's book. Oh, okay. I
0: am uh, currently looking up past and current winners so I can pick a book. Oh, you know what? How funny. One of the books that's been on my reading list for a very long time is The Sympathizer, and it is a winner. So maybe I'll do that one.
1: That book. This is What's the that? Place?
0: Who's wrote that book? Who wrote it?
1: Yeah.
0: It's uh, Viet Tan Nguyen. Okay.
1: Vietnamese.
0: Maybe uh... yeah, I can kind of picture the cover. It's red with the black... Silhouette of the guy's head. Okay, yeah, he. They, and there are two of them in this series, so that'd be perfect. And it was a Pulitzer Prize winner. Yeah. Yeah. one of the Cool, good. Oh, I'm glad to find that. That's a good find. There's also a lot. There's a ton. You know, it's so funny because because obviously these won awards because they were good. <laughs> but you look at this list and you're like, oh, that looks good. That one looks good. <laughs> They too. <laughs> <laughs> they all look so good.
1: <laughs>
0: I I should probably use some of them as the the book that I judge by the cover. For.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I need to find one with a horse on it. Jeez.
1: I have my horse one. It's called Bringing Down the Duke. Ooh, that sounds. It's a romance novel. No, oh, that's not. Yeah. that's like a, a
0: royal duke, not like the Duke John Wayne. Right. <laughs> Because that I or can see the
1: horse. No, it's like a royal dupe, like okay. a titled man, like an English thing. It's a All state. right. Oracle. Yeah, so I'm reading Otherwood. That's the name of the book I'm reading.
0: So I am currently reading, let me tell you what it is. I just had it open. Now it's closed. Um, I think it's called How Dare the Sun Rise. It's my YA nonfiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's the name of a YA nonfiction book.
0: That is the YA nonfiction book I'm
1: reading. I heard that that's really good. Yeah, so far it is. And I am, I don't know, probably about a third of the way through it
0: now. Tell you uh, what our
1: physical sick. copy was read into the collection through last year's summer reading program, I believe. Yeah, it's not that old. Maybe it was the year before. It is 2018,
0: so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and um, it was um, one of the New York Public Library's best books for teens. It was a Good Choice, Goodreads Choice Awards nonfiction finalist. Hmm. Yeah, it was a Chicago Public Library's best of the best book for teens. Y'all, 2018 we start fiction our own awards. Yeah, we, we should.
1: And I feel like I'd have to read a whole bunch more even than I already do. <laughs> to like make that decision.
0: Yeah, well definitely have to get a few more people in on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So How Dare the Sun Rise? Memoirs of a War Child. That's what I'm reading. That's to satisfy my YA nonfiction requirement.
1: Great. Right. Yeah. I'll need to pick a different YA nonfiction book than this one I'm re- reading right now.
0: Well, you have to because. Yeah.
1: That's I, what I have a bunch it. of want to read. I have so many books to read. And I, I finally, I've been having a hard time in the last six or seven weeks, uh, reading.
0: Right.
1: It's been a really hard for me to like focus and, um, and do that. Like, I feel like if I'm not doing work, then I just want to like, not be doing. Not be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear
1: you. hear you. I do, I did find
0: that because I told you the other day that I was reading the Leadership in Turbulent Times, which I didn't even remember you had recommended that book, but it's a good book. It's, I enjoyed it yeah. very much. You um, about
1: it on the podcast. I was, you probably did. I just can't remember when that was, but, um. Like, cause I listened to it when I went up to midwinter oh, last mm-hmm. year. So it's been over a year.
0: Yeah. Well, it um, fits perfectly into what is, what is working for my brain right now. You know how your, your brain goes, goes through different spells of what it can handle. <laughs> yeah. And right now, uh, those, um, books on leadership and, mm-hmm. and, Strength of character and, and being strong in times of, of hardship, you know, seem to be resonating with me quite strongly to Go be ahead. able to, you know, weather through whatever my, my mental frame is right now. So, cause there's, you know, I mean, obviously everybody in this world is going through some sort of mental difficulty right now because of our, our shared situation and I think by finding that topic that makes your brain focus less to, on the, on the bad and more on the good is probably yeah. one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I've been doing a lot of like comfort, uh, stuff. Like I watch The Jerk, uh-huh. uh, been, <laughs> like watching shows that I know that I like. I started right. listening to, uh, The Raven Boys, which I've listened to, uh, I don't know, like half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite books and one of my favorite audio books. So it's on Hoopla and anyone else wants to listen to it too. So doing I, that kind of thing is nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think for us currently where we live, uh, the weather cannot be much better. And that is a huge relief. So having positive things. To entertain your brain and then having the sunshine out to kind of make you happy
1: <laughs> has has helped tremendously. So, although so, you might want to, well, maybe you don't. Uh, <laughs> the extended forecast is oh, don't, looking don't. like a lot of rain. Yeah. Let's just not even talk about this.
0: Cause, um, <laughs> I, 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 I can only handle so F- much of what so right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the yeah, sad thing is. I look around all over the world and I mean, you know, I I I would love to be traveling right now. As a matter of fact, I should be traveling in 12 days, but no, 10 days, but it's not going to happen. And so looking at all of the um, travel bans and the um, airlines that aren't even flying anymore and... Oh my gosh, just thinking about how when is the next time I'm going to be able to take a trip. All of those things are just <laughs> really, really horribly sad. Yeah. So, so just, you know, better to, to not even think about it. Just kind of hope for, hope for nice weather at home because that's all you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, talking to somebody and they were saying that they, they, um, try to go for a drive, just a pleasure drive to get out of the house. And uh, they don't want to go mingle with anybody. So they just do joy rides. <laughs> and she was saying something about they had gone two hours from home and they were feeling quite adventurous. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Foreign country now. <laughs> yeah, uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of, Because everything had been so international, so connected, so global, Mm -hmm. and now what? Now what's gonna happen? Yeah,
1: it's hard to say. They're, like, I've seen, like, things canceled and later and later. Um, now they're talking about, they're finally talking about what they're (laughs) gonna do, um, with the NFL. They (laughs) were trying to pretend, like, everything was gonna be fine. Right. Did you
0: did you see I, I didn't read the whole article, but I saw that that Fauci had um, talked about how sports can resume, how mega sports can resume. And it was something about constant testing on players and zero audience. <laughs> it was like, yeah. because,
1: like um, the Major League Baseball had like uh, proposed this like idea that they would. They would play in Arizona because there's enough um, stadiums in this area where they would do, like, speed training mm-hmm. normally um, that they would be able to have, like, two or three games a day just in this, you know, area in Arizona and that they could house all of the teams there in hotels and they would play in empty stadiums. Uh-huh. Yeah, and just be constantly tested. But if we don't have enough tests for yeah. doctors working People at work.
0: hospitals, yeah, right,
1: then it's yeah. it seems pretty um, dumb. Superfluous <laughs> to spend it. Yeah, dumb. Uh-huh. On, on
0: Detroit, baseball. On baseball players, exactly. I I find myself looking at the world situation less and less because obsessively I've got the um John's Hopkins um map open all the time just so I can go look at numbers and just be fascinated by the numbers and how big they are and how they're growing and it's it's finally I've gotten to the point where I don't have to look at it every every uh every time I switch to something else yeah cuz yeah I can actually turn it off and not feel bad about it now so yeah yeah, but I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you're just glued to it because it's so unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think as long as we're all watching out for each other, we'll, we'll be okay. Well, you know, it's, listen to our podcast. That's right. We're going to get through it. We will. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to well, make any promises. That. Well, <laughs> I will. You're going to get through it. I don't know, you know, how well you're going to get through it, but you're going to get through it. <laughs> it's it's uh, interesting because he, I, he, I just don't know. I, I, I um, try to stay clear of people. I try to make I mean, obviously, one child has to go to work and so she's out in the public and she is, but she's interacting with a small group of people who are, um, distancing themselves from each other, you know, so you, you hope that she's safe. Um, but it just makes you wonder if I can maintain th- this distance and maintain no contact with other people, why would I catch something? You know, but you never know. You never know how that that's going to happen. Wow. Well-
1: Someone cuts in front of you at the grocery store. <laughs> or, or
0: slams the egg door in your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's just it. So I, I watched that whole, um, incident transpire, but I didn't get anywhere near it. Not at <laughs> all. uh uh-uh. Like, we're going to let you guys go ahead and sort that out on your own. And then I'm going to wait till you're around the corner before I <laughs> Start heading over to that area. The end, and, you know, limiting the time out in public and taking precautions like the mask and and hand sanitizer and washing your hands when you get home. You know, what more can you do? Yeah. Not much. Right. There's a lot of, of good things happening at home, uh, in people's homes. But... I I hope everybody's taking good care of
1: each other. That's all. Me too. So anyway. Booker's taking good care of me. There you go. Booker, you're a good boy. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to kill this fly that's in this house. (laughs) Oh, man, you should take him to the library
0: with you tomorrow because there was a ginormous beast fly in there
1: today. It's so weird. Like, so I'm opening the door... And I have one of those, like, magnetic screens. Mm -hmm. So the dogs can come in and out. But it seems like every day there's just one fly that comes in. Gross. And then eventually Booker will kill it. Uh But then the next day one more fly will come in.
0: I think he's bringing them in. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So he has something to do. (laughs)
1: Oh, I get it. It's that kind of a game.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It takes him a long time to catch that thing outside so he can bring it. And then
1: release it inside.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he's growing them. Maybe he has like a, a fly hatchery.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. Yeah. I was looking at pages like swimming trough. Uh
0: huh. You
1: dump it out before you have like mosquitoes because it's getting warm.
0: Yeah, it is. I yeah, definitely clean out any stagnant water because we do not want skeeters. Great. Now we're gonna have to watch out for malaria. God. Ugh. Get <laughs> that. <laughs> Get that fly. Yeah. All right. Well, then we're set. Uh, so two books that we both liked, and we're heading into an Edgar Award winner.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um. Well. Ready? Thanks for, I'm, I'm doing our um closing thing now. Oh, go, go for it. Do it. Okay. Thanks for listening to your shelf. Or mine. I'm Becky.
0: I'm Elizabeth. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
1: time for Your Shelf or Mine is donated by KLOG, Cooking Country, and 101.5 The Wave. We at the Longview Public Library thank our local stations for their ongoing support. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by
0: Megan McKeldry from A Song for You. Find Megan on Facebook or Twitter at Meg McKeldry or online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldry. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y ReverbNation Reverb Nation com megan silly dog